This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Well, good morning. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. or thereabouts. We got... We're so excited about our next guest. We went early. It's early uh, in Tuesday, and uh, I am back from Dallas, and uh, I got, I'm got i raring to go. So without further ado, and now, by way of Boca Raton, Florida, he is a principal and partner at Kaplan, Krauss, and Levine, LLC, Family Wealth Advisors. He's a former real estate, well, no, not real estate. He's an estate attorney. He graduated at the University of Miami. He was a member of the 1991 National Championship team and has the ring to prove it. He's a friend. He's a girl dad and lover and loves long walks on the beach. He is Daniel J. Levine. Welcome. Thank you so much. The only thing that was missing was that Chicago Bulls uh, theme song coming in. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like the Chicago Bulls. No, but I like their theme song. Oh, uh, you do. The Alan Parsons project. Right. <laughs> That's over my head. Well, I'll have to play it for you, and Thank then you. you'll remember it. So, good morning. I appreciate you coming in, and you know, tell us a little bit about you know, you know, we all talk about wealth and and, and how you know building wealth is so important and. You know, most people look at it and say, well, I'm just going to, you know, invest in crypto and then the next day I'm going to have all this wealth. And that's how it works, right? That's exactly how it works. <laughs> and uh, scratch off lottery tickets. <laughs> you know, the irony is that um, we have a friend that consistently wins the yeah, scratch yeah. off lottery tickets. Yes, but yes. Yet when we have the uh, big lotto draws, we have him buy the tickets and it's just not working for us. No, it is not. It's uh, It might be luck. Um I would think so. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about wealth building and, and how you got involved in it. Well, I'm more on the side of wealth keeping okay. and wealth transfer. So I started my career as an estate planner where, you know, that is, you know, taking your money, keeping it safe, asset protecting it, and then getting it to the family members or friends or heirs that you want to. And I was working at one of the New York firms, and I soon realized that while I was doing this, I was killing myself, and the insurance people were coming in. I was handing them, you know, the cases on the silver platter, and they were making what I was and working half the hours. And I said, "Well, if I take my attorney background and my, uh, you know, my hard work and do what they do, I'll, I can be a star." So, 22 years ago, I hung a shingle. So, what I do is my job is to protect your wealth, wealth transfer, wealth protection. So. There are some ways that we do some use some of our products to build wealth, but most of it is more just vanilla, safe, keeping the wealth to the people you want and out of the government's hands legally. <laughs> so protecting your wealth, um, you know, maybe um, you know, so many people look at you know the growth and the, the building of wealth and, and don't look at conservatively, you know, protecting that wealth because a lot of times, you know, you, you, know, you get a big paycheck or, or you get a bonus or whatever and you go out and you, you spend everything that you had and, uh, and you forget to protect uh, what's in your account. Uh, tell us a little bit about um, some strategies that you use, um, you know, uh, to protect that wealth. Well, some of the things that, that we use are we use um, some life insurance product where you can put money in them and they conservatively grow and they're not related to the market. They're also asset protected. Sometimes we use the bad word, an annuity, where it kind of does the same thing. You put money in and it just kind of sits there and grows conservatively. Um, 
And again, some of the other products we have for keeping wealth are things like long-term care insurance. So when you need to have, when you're older and have someone come to your house and take care of you, you know, that's paid for. I mean, at this point in time, sometimes that's $10,000 a month that's out of your pocket. And if you have something where you've paid for it earlier and pennies on the dollar, it makes it a, a, a good way to keep the money that you have going to your kids, you know, to your kids as opposed to going to someone else. You know, in, in today's society, you know, we want instant gratification and we don't look, uh, you know, uh, in the future, right? You know, we constantly say, well, you know, I, I don't need long-term term care. I don't need... Um, you know, uh, life insurance, because, you know, when I'm dead, I don't really care. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, we definitely live in a generation now where people would rather buy the scratch-off lottery ticket, right. to use that analogy, as opposed to waiting two days for the billion-dollar lotto. But, yeah, you have to think ahead. I mean, there, there's this whole it-can't-happen-to-me attitude that, that a lot of people have today. And, you know, you see it. I mean, unfortunately, you'll see something on some of the social media where it says, you know, go fund me, so-and-so died, or so-and-so got really sick, or... And, and, you know, unfortunately, that, that brings in a pittance of what they really need when if they had planned ahead disability insurance where if you can't work, it pays you or, you know, long-term care or life insurance. Yeah, it, it makes a difference. It does. You know, when you're looking at, um, you know, all these uh, different options and, you know, you know it's kind of like when, when you say life insurance, right, you know, people won't run, right? They're like, hey, I'm out. You know, it's like saying, you know, hey, I'm a realtor and they all run. You know, <laughs> well, like, <laughs> right. Well, you know, both of our businesses have something interesting where we're both dealing with people's very large assets, a house, a life insurance policy, the death benefit, very large. And yet the barrier to entry to our business is very low. It, it's not a lot. I mean, to cut hair in this state, you need to do all these apprentice hours to do what we do. You just pass a test that's in a, in a, in a short class. So that's what, you know, we do that we, you know, that we're experts, me and you and in our industries, you know, we differentiate ourselves in many ways. So while there are a lot of people that do what we do, they can't do what we do. They say they can, but they can't. And that's why one of the reasons I refer my clients to you is, you know, you know what you're doing and you've been in this business for a long time and you treat the clients like gold. And again, that's really important. And, and that's one of the things that I try to impress upon people I meet that want to use me is they're going to get that gold standard. Yeah. I mean, information, experience, and then advocacy, you know, um, you know, people don't realize, you know, especially when you're dealing with assets is that, you know, you need someone who has been through a lot of issues, right? I mean, because, you know, we don't need anyone if someone wants to, you know, buy a house, seize the house, doesn't, you know, already knows about the house, you know, like, and it goes really, really smooth and there's no obstacles. Like you don't need a realtor for that. Just like, you don't, you know, if you buy a life insurance policy and the life insurance policy is fine and you live to 110, you don't need anyone for that. But what you do need, you need someone who's, you know, that when there are issues, when there are things that need to be navigated and obstacles um, overcome, you need that person to be there for you to understand how to solve that problem. Right. You need an advocate. I mean, like I said, if somebody wants to go out and buy life insurance and they're 30 years old and they run marathons and want to buy a small term policy, you know what? Go online and do that. <laughs> and that's okay. But when you're older and you're a little overweight and you have some medical hey, issues. Hey, 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 I resemble that remark. Uh, <laughs> well, not, not a couple months ago when we had our diet contest. Yeah, well, that, that was a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> the needle has moved for both of us. Um, but yes, I mean, that's it. You need an advocate. You need someone you know, 
to use another cliche, who's not their first rodeo. Sure. You could say that if this goes to Davey. <laughs> Rodeos are nice. They're fun. Um, so, you know, who needs a life insurance policy? It depends. Um, if It depends what kind of policy you want and what your goals are. So everyone who's either in a relationship where they have someone they depend on or someone depends on them financially, they need a term policy if something happens to them and you know, they, they need to have you know, that, that financial stability. If you're married, you need that. If you, you know, those are the, the easy ones. If you um, have enough money where you're going to be above the estate tax exemption, meaning the government says you can pass a certain amount of money right now to your heirs without an estate tax, and everything above that is 40% taxed, you really need to plan, and life insurance is a great way to do that. So right now, that number, it sounds ridiculous, um, a person can pass about $12 million, a married couple, about 24, a little under that. Um, a, you know, that number is going to six. So if somebody has, right now, a married couple has $10 million, and they might want to plan because if they die with $20 million, there's going to be a tax, of, you know, 40% of $8 million. And if you have most of your assets in businesses or things that are not liquid, the IRS, they don't want your house, they don't want your art, they don't want your car, they want cash. So... You have to have the cash ability to, to, to pay that. So what we can do is buy like a, a life insurance and own it out of your estate in something called a, an, a, you know, a life insurance trust. And when you're no longer around, the insurance pays out and your heirs can use that money to pay the tax. Um, it's a great story, a sad story. So using the football analogy, you know, um, Joe Robbie was the owner of the Dolphins. And it's ironic because he was a, a state lawyer. And when he died, he the Dolphins were worth about $40 million, and he sold the team. His kids had to sell the team to pay the estate tax. So fast forward to now, the Dolphins are worth $3 billion, according to Forbes. If Joe Robbie had bought some insurance, he could have actually, his kids could have paid the tax, kept the team, and we maybe still have Joe Robbie Stadium instead of Hard Rock Stadium. <laughs> So, wow. I mean, that's one of the stories. I mean, you hear stories like that. You know, Elvis had a, a state of $10 million and the taxes, after taxes, his kids got about $3 million. So, you know, you got a plan. Um, I, I team up a lot of times with current estate attorneys and make sure that the plan's in place. But for people that aren't above that exemption, I mean, again, who needs insurance? You know, any married couple, God forbid something happens to one of the parents. Even if, you know, you have a wife at home that's not really working and taking care of the kids, if something happens to her... You know, and the husband has to work. Where's he going to get all the money to pay for the, 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 you know, the care and pay for the kids and the nannies and things mm. like that? So, you know, again, that's not an expensive proposition. Right. It's a lot, you know, better than a GoFundMe. Uh, <laughs> I agree. You know, um, and, 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 you know, when you look at all these GoFundMes, you know, um, it, it, it's really sad because a lot of these stories are really, really, um, you know, sad. And I, I also didn't know that about Joe Robbie, but, you know, it, when you're looking at, you know, protecting your wealth, like you said in the very beginning, um, it's important to, um, you know, kind of have some foresight, um, not always, have, you know, you know, live on the seat of your pants, uh, so to speak. Right. And again, it's not, it's not a huge proposition to take over. I mean, again, when you sell a house, you usually recommend people get homeowner's insurance. Right. Well, they need it if they have a mortgage, but, right. you know, that is, you know, very similar in the sense that, you know, you never really want to have to use it, but you need it. Right. Agreed. So let's talk about, um, you know, more more fun things um, than uh, life insurance and protecting wealth. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about taxes it. and death. <laughs> taxes and death is perfect. <laughs> so, um, 
you know, for those people that, you know, obviously are, are not in the, the bracket of net worth of six million or, 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 or more, you know, what do you suggest for them? Well, again, if you're a, a single person and you are not married and have no one that depends on you, you may not, you don't really need life insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then I'd say, you know, maybe you need some kind of long-term care insurance, which is the insurance that pays when you're older and you need someone to come take care of you. You need to go into assisted living. Um, not everyone needs insurance. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's kind of, you know, it depends on each, each person. Um, so that, that's one thing to look at. Um, and again, like I also deal with, you know, business owners who, are, who, you know, you have two business owners that are partners. Um, and if something happens to one of them, you know, what happens to the business? How does it continue? What happens to the share? So if me and you are business partners and something happens to you, me and Samantha are now business partners. <laughs> right. So we have something called the buy Sorry. sell. <laughs> I like her better than you. Wait a minute. Um, we have something called a buy sell. So, you know, that kind of, we use a term policy or a permanent policy. And, you know, I own insurance on you and you own insurance on me. And if something happens to one of us, we use that money to buy out the, the husband or wife or, and buy the shares and the business continues. So that's kind of, that's a little more exciting. It's still right. dealing with death. Right. You know, I'm, I, I like it. <laughs> so how do you deal with, you know, and like you said, our, our businesses, although they're not aligned together, they are, they are very similar. Um, how do you deal with the negative connotation of like when someone says disability insurance or lie, you know, long-term care insurance, Oh, he's just trying to sell me an insurance policy. Oh, he's just trying to sell me a house. Right. Same kind of thing. Right. How do you deal with some of that? Because, you know, I think, that most customers and consumers are just uneducated, right? They don't understand. And, and unfortunately, the people that are solicitous um, are continuing cold calling and texting and emailing have made it a lot more difficult for you and I. That is absolutely 100% accurate that there are people out there that, you know, that, that ruin it, <laughs> that aren't good team players. And, um, again, it's about educating people. And if it makes sense, people will realize that one of the things I deal with with my clients is I try to educate them and say, listen, here is what you're getting and why, and here's how it works. And really break it down so they understand it. You know, a lot of times I say to people, you know, do you have life insurance? And they say, yeah. I say, what company is it with? They have no idea. What kind of policy is it with? I say, oh, I don't know. So, <clears throat> again, you have a lot of people that just need to be educated. And, and, you know, again, insurance is oversold. I can't say houses are oversold. Everyone needs a house. Right. Um, Realtors are oversold. There's no, it's very, you know. It's, <laughs> or they oversell. Well, I guess when you move to Florida, you got to get your, you know, your Florida driver's license, register to vote, and get your realtor. Uh, absolutely. License. There's more realtors than uh, probably drivers. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But, you know, it, it, it's, you know, I guess you need a plan, right? Um, and, and, and that's the big thing, you know, how do you start like consumers that are listening now? Um, you know, people that are listening now, you know, um, they're afraid to talk about their finances, right? It's like they, you know, they want to put blinders on and they want to run through, you know, the forest. Right. But you know, you really need to have a plan. How do you start? It's a really, really tough question, and with everyone, it's different because people come in and they all have the different ideas. So, the way I start is I just ask questions and I listen. 
again, that God gave you two ears and one mouth <laughs> for a reason. And when people come in or I speak to people, I just, I ask them, you know, I, I ask them just general questions, you know, tell me about your family, tell me about your goals. And from there, we can determine what they need. And again, it's, it's, it's not that complicated. And I also bring in experts, you know, I'll bring in a financial advisor to do investments. I'll bring in, you know, an estate attorney. I'll bring in a CPA. So it's a team effort. It's just like with you, you know, you need to have someone that comes in. You may need a closing attorney. You may need a mortgage person. And you have those people that are your teammates. And, you know, you all work together. And over time, it becomes very simple. Everyone does does their job. Right. Um, who should they contact? Me. Yeah, perfect. How do they get a hold of you? Well, they can either email me, mm-hmm. and my email is dlevine at kkladvisors, and they could look on my website at kkladvisors, or they could find me on social media or talk to you, and you'll pass them on to me. Hey, 100%. You know, it, you need an advocate, right? You need someone um, that's a resource that to help you through the process. Um, and you can't just keep blinders on um, with, you know, in regards to finances and such. And, you know, um, you know, you need a plan. Yes. And a lot of people, like you said, they, they don't want to deal with it because they don't have as much money as they thought they would. Life didn't come out as they want. They're divorced or, you know, and you know what? It's okay. Right. You know, it's okay. And when, you know, we advocate for people, listen, you take what you have and you make the most of it. And again, you have to plan now, you know, you want to be, you know, a little bit younger and healthier when you're doing your insurance, because many, many people come to me and they're uninsurable because they're, you know, older and, or or just they've aged out of long-term care. So you have to really kind of, you know, put the big boy or big girl pants on and, and just face it and deal with it. Right. So, um, you know, dealing with finances and you said, you know, putting together a team with, um, you know, financial planners and, and, and those kind of things. So if they call you and, um, reach out to you regarding, you know, Hey, I need help. I need finances. I, you know, I need so you know, and I don't have a million dollars. I don't have even a couple hundred thousand, but you know, I'm trying to protect what I have, whatever that number may be. Absolutely. So not everyone needs everything. Right. So, you know, I will, you know, listen and see what people need and help them. And it may be that they just need a simple term policy or maybe they just need to go to some kind of, you know, you know, small online brokerage, maybe a Schwab or or, or a Fidelity or something like that, because they don't need, you know, a broker, um, you know, at a wirehouse or an RIA. So it depends what everyone needs. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yep. And, you know, you never know. And, you, you know, you, you just, as I said, you know, they'll come in and if, you know, you, you sell them what they need. And I hate the word sell them. You provide right. them what they need and, and they go. And, again, they don't need to have millions of dollars to have the needs for insurance. But then, again, if you don't have millions of dollars, you don't need millions of dollars of insurance. It, 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 it fits in. Right. So you have any stories for us about the 1991 uh, championship team? <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> You know, I always wanted to write a book, and that would be the end of uh, <laughs> my relationship. But, you know, it was a very interesting time because we had characters on that team. We had The Rock was on that team, mm-hmm. and uh, he was an interesting guy. He was actually kind of quiet in college. We had Warren Sapp, who was the loudest and still is the loudest <laughs> human being. 
And then we had a whole bunch of guys that all went to the NFL. You know, you had Gino Toretto, who won the Heisman. You had Darren uh, Darren Smith and Jesse Armstead and Michael Barrow. They all played 13 years. And, um, you know, Leon Searcy at one point was like the highest paid lineman in the NFL. So, you know, it was just interesting being in a locker room with, you know, all those characters. And, uh, you know, you had some crazy coaches. You know, old Coach Ogeron with his, you know, uh, you know that, that Cajun voice that he has was, you know. So he came from the U? He was at the U. I'll give uh, you. A, I'll give you a quick story. Yeah. So Warren Sapp comes into the the University of Miami as a tight end, and uh, he uh, well, he gained a little bit of weight. Let's just say his freshman year, um, and he was living with Rohan Marley, Bob Marley's kid. And you know, the freshman year he didn't play much, and he gained a lot of weight. So they didn't know what to do with him. So they eventually moved him to offensive line. And that didn't work out so well. So three days later, Coach Ogeron, remember, he was the guy who, in the blind side, he was the coach of uh, Ole Miss. And before that, he was at um, USC. So Ogeron was our defensive line coach. And Ogeron had that big Cajun voice, kind of like Bobby Boucher. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, let me have him. I'll take him. So about a week later, Warren Sapp comes out, and he's killing people on the defensive line. And who does he beat out? The Rock. Oh, that's funny. So then Ogeron ends up leaving the University of Miami, and he ends up going to USC, and he was the defensive line coach when they won the championship and then took over for Pete Carroll. Then they didn't hire him. He went to US, in Ole Miss, and then he went to um, LSU, won the championship there. It didn't work out for him, and he tells us, he just told, told a story where, you know, they said it's not going to work out for you when uh, you have a $17.1 million buyout, and Ogeron said, well, where's the door? I'm going <laughs> to leave right now, and uh, he did, and it's ironic because Ogeron's kid now is coaching at the U. Warren Sapp is back at the U volunteering at times, and uh, they're both there, so that's kind of the weird Miami, you know, you get all these people from the 80s that all, you know, were famous people. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's very cool. So, um, you know, I, you know, I, I just find it fascinating because, you know, University of Miami, um, you know, I, I grew up being a U, you know, University of Miami fan before I went to Alabama and still was a UM, you know, still am a UM fan. And it's, uh, you know, amazing hearing those stories and, and seeing the, you know, some of the people coming in, you know, uh, they look a little older, you know, <laughs> than they were, uh, as, uh, we watched them on TV, but, it's still good. Uh, I think they're in for good things. Mario, yeah. first of all, is a teammate of mine, and uh, he's a very intense human being, and he's a very hard worker, and I think the U will will be back. I mean, when was the last time you saw him put up 70 points? It's been a while. Well, <laughs> the last time we played a Division Two team. but Yeah, but still, I mean, like, listen, it's still 70 points. That's it's, a lot. Yeah, but it's I, good stuff. It is. So, um, listen, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on, but I always end the uh, conversation on two questions. Uh, one is, what's your favorite all-time streaming series or, or movie? And um, what are you currently watching? Well, I as a Jersey guy, <laughs> I, I got to go with The Sopranos. Yeah. Um, what am I currently watching? I'm in the middle of a, a bunch of things. I'm catching up because I never finished Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. But yeah. I do watch a lot of the Netflix things. Like, I saw that Manti Teo oh, that was really documentary, good. the two hours about where Boy, he was catfished. Boy, he got screwed. Oh, Ugh. terrible. I mean, it really, you know, yeah. and he was, like, the, one of the first people before catfishing became, like... I never thing. even heard that until uh, until it was. And, 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 you know, and if we talk about that time, you know, frame, you know, we all, like, I remember how I felt because... 
They had a, a um, 92 championship alumni thing at Blue Martini and um, that I went to. And I remember that whole story. And I'm like, how could anyone be so stupid? How could you do that? Like, But you know what? Like, it was not even a thing. Like, you couldn't even think of, fathom it. And the person that was catfishing him, they were amazing at what they did. They right. went out of their way to contact family and friends. And, you know, it was, it was really interesting. And it's, you know... Social media then wasn't as big as it is now. Right. So, like, you didn't have as much access to check up on things. And it, it was just amazing. And what an amazing what an amazing guy that guy is for persevering yes. and, and making it and now coming out and telling his story. So no, that's agreed. a, that's and a I, great watch. And it's only two shows. No, I, I agree. And, and I hope, hopefully, they will, um, you know, he'll, he'll get on a team. I know he's a, I think he's a free agent. I think he's kind of retired, but who knows? Uh, he's 31 years old. I mean, who knows? <laughs> oh, that's old now. Yeah. So what, what are you watching, and what's your favorite streaming series? So um, I'll go with what I'm watching now, The House of Dragons, um, which is the prequel of uh, Game of Thrones. Um, wow. it's been. Uh, I haven't seen the most recent episode. Um, that's been amazing, though. Um, there's also another one that, you know, because I'm like, I like sick and twisted shows. Um, I am a killer. Um, it, like goes through the cases of people on death row. Um, my favorite all time series, um, just from the writing and 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 that perspective, I, I probably would say Game of Thrones because it was it it kept you like you can't watch like four or five episodes in a row. I don't believe like. You, two episodes is probably the max at a night because you were so, um, it's so intense. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily easy watching, but I thought it was really, really well done, especially that Red Wedding episode. Have, what what uh, season are you on? Fifth. Oh, okay, so you saw yeah. it. Yeah, the Red Wedding episode to me was, that's what hooked me. <laughs> and I, I, you know, the one thing I can't get through now is uh, Peaky Blinders. I, I I have like five episodes left, and I just it, it got a little uh, yeah weird tiresome yeah. Um, well, thank you very much. How do we find you again, um, Mr. Dan Levine? Yes, at D Levine at KKL Advisors or my website at kkladvisors.com, and that's KKL Capron Cross Levine. Um, you can also reach out to David Searle. He always knows where to find <laughs> I do. I do. You can always uh, reach out, message me. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, listen, I, I think we all need plans, and I, I appreciate you coming in and sharing some insight. Um, we need an advocate and a resource, and it doesn't mean that you have to be this multimillionaire. Um, but if you're a small business owner or, you know, you have um, a little bit of money that you want to protect, um, definitely reach out to Mr. Levine. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Of course. Much. No, thanks for coming on. Listen, Breakfast at the Broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. We actually will be on Podpalooza on September 22nd. September 22nd, uh, around 6 o'clock, um, between 6 and 8, over at the Beer Garden in Royal Palm Place. Um, we have a special guest who apparently is going to interview me. The Greek. The Greek's coming on to oh, interview me in, a, in front of a live audience. And honestly, we have no idea what he's going to say because he's um, a little bit of, um, yeah, a little bit of that. <laughs> so thank you very much. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m.